Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joking Dolphin Carrier Pod. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. Ah, Nathan. Bonjour. How are we doing? Doing well. Well, better than you, yeah. Mark. Yeah. Domino's, Domino's getting Domino's, down. Yeah, making its comeback. <laughs> oh, I regret my life's decisions. Don't we all? Mm. It's, the thing is, if you looked at the term, it seems like a good idea at the time. You'd see Domino's right next to him, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, obviously. And then you always just regret it straight afterwards. But Other pizza thing... places are available. But the thing is, Mark, <laughs> on your deathbed, you look back and you always regret the things you didn't do. So Yeah, exactly. That's it. But just make sure you don't read the calorie count of Domino's pizza, because it is ridiculous. Shall we move it to the news, then? Let's do it. The news. Shall we kick off with a Nintendo Direct? Yeah. The long-awaited, much-talked-about direct that they dropped. Is it long-awaited? I'll yeah, be honest. These, for a while. these these feel like they come around like buses to me now. Well, it's because they have they have mini directs quite frequently. So, what's the difference between a direct and a mini direct then? Because they all seem to be the same length, as far as I can see. So the mini directs have less for less 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 says, lest we forget. <laughs> You've had Domino's <laughs> as well. Nintendo direct. Uh, no, I did have some dirty takeaway though earlier, so it's pretty much on par for you, Mark. I, I did have pizza, but anyway. Yeah, so they have the mini directs, and there's like less first party attention, it's more third party games, so that's yeah. why they seem to be coming around all the time. But yes, we had a direct. Mm. So, what took you interest in this? Well, I've never played a Pikmin game, uh, but the first game that they announced, Pikmin 4, did look quite good. Mm. It seemed, I've, I've never really played it and or looked at any trailers or anything, but this seemed to me like Nintendo's take on Lemmings. <laughs> That's like... the impression you got from it? I didn't. Yeah. I I what, what did you think, Mark? I, know, I just saw cartoony things being led around. I, I didn't know what was happening, to be honest. <laughs> just, it looked very random. But I don't know, I don't know oh. anything about Pikmin. So. Yeah. I like how each of the different coloured Pikmin have the different powers, and then you can use them to try and traverse the garden that you're in. And use your dogs, your dogs, follow this dog. And it takes you to insects and God knows what else. Mm, yeah. But that, that end bit, do you know, when it all went dark and then you saw this creature and its eyes went red. I've never been so terrified watching a Nintendo Direct in my life. Oh, okay. It's got me <laughs> to my core. But it's, it's made me think about getting one of the older Pikmin games just so I can give it a little go. And um, see what I think of it. Well, I think there is Pikmin 3 Deluxe on the Switch, so. Yeah. You want to give that a th- go? I was thinking about picking up Pikmin 3 on the Wii U, to be honest. Yeah, your new collection. Yeah. Got to support that big <laughs> console. Yeah. What about yourself, Matt? I've always been sort of intrigued by Pikmin games, but I always kind of, whenever I watch the gameplay of it, I get like completely lost in what's actually happening. Like, what's going on? Why are we, why are we doing this? Why are we in the garden? What's, what's happening? <laughs> but it does, you know, it does look quite, quite good. I, I like the the puzzle element to it. So. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that drew me as well. Looked. Hmm. Oh, good. Definitely, uh, 
think I'll, I'll definitely keep my eye on it at some point and see if uh, watching more of it takes my fancy. Anything that interests any of you guys next? The, the, the dancing monkey thing. The dancing monkey thing? Do you mean Samba de Amigo? That's the one. Uh, that, was a, that was a bit down okay. there. <laughs> well, that's, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's uh, the game series that's from Sega. So I believe it was, yes. Yeah. So Samba Actually, de Amigo I'm... Party Central. What's it called? Yeah. It was quite fun. It's like one of those like fun mini games, like the um, I forgot the name. Do you know the, the that drum game that you can play in arcades? Or you can get on Switch as well. Yeah. Oh, that, that's that one that we played at like... Arcade Club. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was quite fun. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fantastic. Right. Apart from the glaring rhythm game aspect to it, I like everything else apart from the way it plays. <laughs> Which is cool. You'd be terrible at hi-fi, won't you? Yeah, I'm sure I would be. What don't you like about rhythm action games? Because when I get mixed up, I try and catch up on what I didn't do right, and then it kind of all falls apart from there. It's why I never got good at um, Guitar Hero, because I'd get mixed up, and then it'd just all fall apart, and I'd just give up. I don't mind the drums, though, because that's a bit slow-paced. And I can actually ca- comprehend what's happening. It's why I could just... never get past the first level of Prapper the Rapper without putting it on easy mode. <laughs> it's just about practice, isn't it? You know, like I, I used to be like that on uh, Rock Band. I said, like, put up a difficulty and it's like start essentially from scratch again. It almost felt like, but you, you get there eventually. You catch up. Mm. Or maybe not in Nathan's case. No. I've got to talk about this next game, though. I know what you're going to talk about. Fashion Dreamer. This is a must-buy for me. This this looks incredible. They said, they said, aim to become a stylish influencer. <laughs> this made me want to vomit. Oh, perfect. I hated every facet of this game. It looked horrible. Why? Why? Oh, Why does it like... exist? Why does it exist? This this whole Why, why does it the not exist? It was... There's thousands of items. You get items by liking other people's items, so spreading the love there. And you can connect online with your friends to this, expand your brand. This is, this is game by TikTok generation. That's what this is. I can see why you love it, though. But, <laughs> but that is what this is. Awful. Awful. I want to slap whoever decided that was a good idea. Move on. Violence, huh? <laughs> right, just, get it, just get it out of my face. We'll swipe up and go to the next game then. Uh, yeah, very good. Well, the next one that showed up that I was interested in was pretty much straight afterwards was the uh, Castlevania DLC for Dead Cells. Mm. I do love the look at this. I do like seeing sort of the Castlevania. I suppose locations and stuff, but in Dead Cells, little stylistic way. Looked really good though. It looks as though you like you'll be able to fight enemies and bosses from classic Castlevania games and stuff, which is what I just kind of want from a new Castlevania. Really, like just just do this, Konami, please. Do anything with the Castlevania IP other than the Shiro's. 
which is still good. I, I absolutely love shows, but oh, do something forget, with it. Don't forget the NFTs, man. No. Anything apart no. from that. No, shut up. I will not hear that disgusting word here. The next one, I didn't really. I'm quite looking forward to. Tron Identity. Mm. Thought this would be your street with the aesthetic. Mm. No, I quite like the Tron film. Mm. So I'm quite intrigued by this. So this is a narrative puzzle adventure. And then with dialogue choices that affect the story. But yeah, looks good to me. Decker Police. Definitely one where I was like intrigued in, but I don't know if it's just because of the style of the game more than... It just seemed like generic Japanese RPG. Well, that's just down my street then, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's got, it's got an interesting quirkiness to it. Want to keep my own spot. What about the next one then, Matt? The Bayonetta prequel. I don't know. I, I don't know about this one because it's it seems quite obviously it's, well. It's very different to the actual bit of Bayonetta yeah, games. Yeah, it's a departure in terms so, of gameplay. Yeah, Cereza is not a character I'm familiar with, but then I've only played the first Bayonetta, so I'm I'm assuming she's in the the other ones from what I've heard about. So I don't know. Uh, seems like an interesting game for sure. Just. Yeah. Not I, much I actually, I actually quite liked it because mm. it just had platforming and like combat aspects. Mm. And I like mm. how um, you'd actually do the fighting, you get this like demon cat thing to do the fighting for you, <laughs> which is interesting. Demon it did look a bit like Alice in Wonderland style in terms of the way it displayed itself. Perhaps what the, that's what they were going for. Was it? It's in the... Wasn't it called Cheshire? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's probably oh, where I got that connection there we from. Go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure the next one after this, Nathan might be intrigued in at least. Uh, I am. Yeah. Splatoon Three Expansion Pass. Mm. Uh, first wave is features Incopolis, which I believe is something from the original first book. game. Yep, if yeah. I recall. More maps, it's always a good thing. More weapons, always nice. Um, yep, so there's got Amiibo functionality as well. Yes. And, yeah. So that's going to be coming in the spring, so that's when Wave 1, one's coming. Um, and then there's also going to be Wave 2 um, called Side, Side Order. Order. That looks quite interesting. It just looked like a weird, mm. bad dream. Um yeah, if it's anything like um, the expansion they did for Splatoon 2, where they had like a they had like an added single player campaign aspect to it. Um, I don't know if that's also in Splatoon 3. I could be could be wrong there. If it's got single player stuff, but yeah, it's got single player stuff. Because okay. funnily enough, this ex- look watching this expansion pass, I, I bought it about a week ago. Splatoon 3. I decided right, I'm going to get it installed and give it a go. I've started playing it, so I can confirm there is single player. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it looks like probably more of that, which is if it's anything like the DLC was for Splatoon 2, then it'll be it'll be pretty good. It'll good. Yeah. So that's available to pre-order right now. Mm. Disney uh, Illusion Island. Yes, I love this. Anything with my boy Goofy in it, I'm there for. Love it. <laughs> I just I. I was really intrigued by this because I think I remember playing um, 
one of the illusion games on I can't remember if it was Mega Drive or I think it's Mega Drive. It was Mega Drive. It was Castle of Illusion. Sorry. Um, No, you're probably quite right. And I loved that game. I thought it was one of the one of the better like side-scrolling platformers for the Mm -hmm. console. Um, Stuff you know, similar kinds like you know Aladdin and Lion King, but yeah, not as infuriating. Um, I think I had co-op as well. I think you could play it with like two people. I loved having fun. It was really good. So like doing stuff like this, where you're like four players now. Um, yeah, it did look good. Like each character has to work together to traverse the levels. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I like the art style as well. I think it's based on the was it like one of the recent Mickey shows or something like that. Oh, looked very colourful and Disney esque. Yeah. <laughs> Is that on the twenty eighth July? Yes. On the Switch. I don't know if it's out on any other consoles, but. For the Switch, at least. It's the, it's the direct, we don't care about the consoles right now. Mm. Sorry, Xbox and PlayStation. We love Katamari Reroll and Royal Riviera. To be fair, I've never played a We Love Katamari game, but whenever I see, see it in action or something, I'm always like very tempted to want to play one of them. Just be able to just roll stuff up into a bowl and just catch everything and... And the brawling like the the universe of something. Yeah. I wish I wish cleaning was like that in real life. You just oh, with a... I, would, I would do it more. I would do it more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just turn into giant dumb beetles and just roll things around. Yeah, perfect. Just, just picking up your clothes like that. I'd be, I'd be that'd be well good. Um, that looks fun. Out on second of June. I think after that. We got a new release date for a delayed game that we've already heard about quite a few times already, which was Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. Yeah. Um, I thought I heard about this game years ago. You will have. It did end up... It was meant to come out, I think, last year. And then a world leader decided he wanted to invade another country. Oh, I see. And then that kind of forced the delayment because Nintendo felt... Yeah. I suppose it would have been insensitive, even though I don't think you would but that's their choice. Uh, well, if it was called Advanced Special Military Operation, then maybe, but... Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we've got a new release for that. It's going to be on the 21st of April. Um, I do I do remember playing these games on the original Game Boy Advance and actually really enjoying them. They're like just kind of, almost kind of like... Uh, grid slash turn-based RPGs where you just like move units around and fire others. So that's good. Next we had Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Yeah. So I think for this they showed off more of an, an epilogue after you complete the main game. Mm. So you play as Magalor in order to try and return his powers and What's interesting about this is that you can do it in any order. So mm. there's no like linear path to it. And basically you have to collect these magical points to restore his powers. And there's up to four pay four player. Four player <laughs> four player co-op as well. So again, mm. with the co-op. That's one thing I do like about Nintendo. They're all about the co-op play and the local co-op play as well. Which really Yeah. Yeah. It really like harnesses what the Switch is all about. 
It's all so about always my top. Getting together. Yeah. Uh, I believe there is a demo out now for the game, and it is also yeah. out on the 24th of February. Yeah, so not long to wait for that one. I've got to get that demo downloaded. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of surprises for those who, well, at least for one of them, you would need the expansion pack for. Game Boy games. It's coming to Switch. Hurrah. Yeah. Finally. Uh, so we've got quite a few that could be coming, uh, which are, I believe, already out now. So we've got Tetris. Classic. Uh, that. We've got Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. We've got The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX, which means now we have both versions of the game on Switch. So you have choices. And you've also got Gargoyle's Quest. And I think there's the they announced a few that will be coming over the next some months or at least throughout mm-hmm. the year. I think um, I believe it was both Legend of Zelda Oracle games. One is Oracle of Seasons, the one Oracle of Ages. I think I that right. Maybe. What's the difference between them? Couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> Find out when we play it. Yeah, we've also got the Pokemon Trading Card Game. I've never played that. I, mean, I I played a little bit of it. It's 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 it kind of isn't kind of isn't like playing the actual card game. Um, I mean it's been a long time since I last played it, so I'd have to. Was that the game that you needed the cards for? Or was that on the Game Boy Advance that one where you needed cards? Probably to the Advance. You don't you don't need the cards. Yeah. So I feel like I'm forgetting the game. I think it might be like. A Kirby game? Yeah, so there's Kirby's Dreamland. That was it. We're going to get Wario Land 3. Yes, yes. Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. Oh, yes. That's quite interesting. Hmm. And there's also going to be Game and Watch Gallery 3. I probably like the worst out of them, to be honest. But yeah. It is an old Game Boy game, so I'll I'll let it off. Uh, But it wasn't just Game Boy. We got. We also got Game Boy Advance coming mm. to Switch Online. Um, you lucky one, expansion pass yes. Well, you have missed something there. So you can oh. use you can use the Game Boy Game Boy Pocket or Game Boy Color screen filters. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yes, the filters. Yes, so you could have the mm. original Game Boy kind of like green screen. Um, the pocket one, which I think was just kind of like a more of like a clear screen. Um, and obviously you have the color one, which actually gives you colors. So, I do hope they actually put some of the original Pokemon games on there. I don't think they're ever going to do that. Do it. Do it, Nintendo. Do it. Uh, <laughs> there's also, actually, just remember, there is local and two online two-player. Uh, well, it's locally or all online. Yeah. yeah. So, any game or games that you could play um, two-player, you'll be able to do this on the Switch as well. So, rewinding back to... Game Boy Advance. So yeah, well, this is dropping for the expansion pack. So what we got here, we got Mario Kart Super Circuit. Uh, we have Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. My list suddenly ends here, so I might need some assistance. <laughs> yep, so we've got Mario and <laughs> Luigi Superstar Saga. Yes, Superstar Saga. Kuru Kuru. 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 Yeah, that's the one. There was too many players there for me. That looked pretty good, actually. I like to look at the the puzzle aspect of that. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Wario Wear, Ink, 
mini game mania. So that's where yes, that mini game yeah, that was the original came from. Mm, very good. And then we've got I might have to take a deep breath for this. <gasps> Super Mario Advance Four, Super Mario Bros Three, with Eevee dressed lucid levels. Yes. Yeah. So that's getting released. Well, yeah. as of now. So you got that. They did also mention some of the some of the advanced games that were coming um, within the next so often. Um, if I try to recall from memory, I believe one of them was Metroid Fusion. Uh, another one was Kirby, the Amazing Mirror, or and the Amazing Mirror. I didn't catch that. Um, there is Fire Emblem original environment that is going to be f-zero maximum velocity so finally an f-zero game on a nintendo console and i think the other one was going to be golden sun so pretty good for all the japanese rpgs and then after that was probably probably actually the biggest news that came out of the direct and also the most surprising outside of getting game boy and game boy advanced games uh metroid prime it's being remastered. Yeah. Well, actually, again, even though even though it's been like rumored for about years that like it's already been done, it was going to come in a trilogy, and then suddenly it was getting split off. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's what a lot of people <laughs> said on Twitter. Like, why have they not just done a trilogy? Why have they parted it out? Yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard some things about that they could probably do the first two games because they were GameCube. Um, games and the third one was yeah. a Wii game, so that might be a little bit more tricky. Um, but no, it's uh, it's coming to the Switch. Um, it looks pretty good. Um, for what I've seen, it's not actually. So this is weird because the terms of like remastered and remake get blurry because, for what I've seen, everything isn't actually isn't just a port of the game. It's actually kind of like a resed up version. Well, not even like a resed up. There's like new assets been made. Um, there's new lighting. I think animations might be the same, but like there's a lot of like new stuff that's been made for yeah. the game. One thing that I like so. about it is what they've done with the controls. So they've they've set it up for dual con- dual yeah, controls, yeah. and you've got that's your cool. original GameCube controls you can do with one stick mm. as well. So that's pretty yeah, cool. That's good. Uh, no, it, it from what I've seen, everyone say it, it looks like a fantastic game. Like it could very be one of the best remasters done ever um such as it's rating that on metacritic is pretty high so it's already one of like the highest rated games this year and for how we've been talking about it might not come to too much surprise they got shadow launched as in it came out pretty much as the direct ended yeah so that was the biggest news i always love it when that happens when they just shadow launch games that's how it should be yeah Microsoft was like his his hi-fi rush. We'll we'll shall I drop this now. And Nintendo was like, hold on. Oh my beer. <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So uh, yeah, it's out now digitally. Um, if you do want a physical edition, as I'm sure Nathan would love to have one, I believe that is out on the 24th of February. Did I get that right? 24th on a Friday. So I'm going to assume that's correct. I think. Yep, and my copy has been pre-ordered, so um, can he wait for that? Oh, sorry, I think the phys- actually the physical edition is actually on the 3rd of March. Long to wait, this is terrible. 
I'm sure I saw 24th of February somewhere. I could be apologised. Anyway, since the 3rd of March, so. That's fine. Uh, so, moving on from there, um, the next game that was also my street, because it looks quirky and it's Japanese, and yay for me, is um, Master Detective Archives Rain Code. And it looks absolutely bonkers. It does, but like the detectives way. having different powers and things. It did look, yeah, like you could like quite quirky. You could like hear more than normal, or you could like see weird stuff. Like I don't know, it looks great for me. So more for me. <laughs> I don't know what you guys were interested in after that. I know there was like a new Professor Layton that got announced, but I've not. Yeah, played these games. It shows an image. Like when I first saw yeah. Professor Layton, I was like, yes, let's do this. And they were just like literally the back of his head, and he turns around, and then that's it. That's yeah. all we got. Uh, it's Professor Layton and the New World of Steam. I thought it was like a Willy Wonka character. <laughs> 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 it's like, hey, you probably couldn't get as far away from Willy Wonka as you could try with the character, but yeah, I understand that. Yeah, we got that, and then we got Wave 4 of the America 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pack DLC. Uh, we got a little look at that. We got a look at Yoshi's Island, which is a new track in that course. Um, and we're getting a new character, Birdo, who I thought was already in the game, which so I kind of got confused. <laughs> I was like, wait, new character? What? That's good. But I kind of, I, I almost want them to turn Mario 8 into like the Smash Bros. Ultimate. Just like, just start adding everything to that game. Like, you're not going to make a Mario Kart 9 at this point until a new console comes out. And even then, you'll just port Mario Kai anyway, so. And then last, not, but certainly not least, we got another new look at Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Whoa, 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 whoa. A bunch of what, stuff what about, yeah, what about, the, <laughs> what about the montage of games? The feast yeah. for the eyes that we got before then? Who cares? <laughs> well, yeah, if there's you... something that interests you, interrupt me now. I liked um, Blanc. Blanc, Blanc, yeah. or Blanc. I've seen that before and it looks quite interesting. I like the art style of it. Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. I thought you'd like that. that? I do, but it's just, it's just like another look at it. It's just like, just give me the game already. Tales of Symphonia remastered. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm not about that life. Let's move on to Zelda. Oh, yeah. WBSC <laughs> eBaseball Power Pros. Actually, I quite like the look of that. You know what? I heard the that game sells for like a dollar. Got quids in there, maybe. That's it. Dollars in. Yeah. So go on, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, fine. We can move Come on, on. Yeah, let's do it. Proper games now. <laughs> Proper games. Uh... <laughs> well, I'm gonna you. be all over this once it comes out anyway. So. Not as quickly uh... as me though, Matt. Because you're gonna be away. I say Ooh. that, but I'm coming back on Saturday. <laughs> oh, so. I thought you were going to say I'm cancelled. No, yeah, I just cancelled. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so we got a new look at this. Uh, so we got quite a few different stuff, obviously, that we opened with sort of like a monologue from, I'm assuming, Ganondorf, who's essentially reigning over Hyrule. Over Hyrule, yeah. Firing enemies from the Blood Moon that came from the first game. Um, Do you know one thing I did take away from this trailer? Mm-hmm. I assume it was Zelda speaking after 
Ganondorf had his yes. spear. And she's like, oh, Link, I'm not sure you can stop him. Like, that's hater talk, that is Zelda. Of course Link's going to stop him. Oh, it's real talk. Maybe this is one way it all goes wrong. Maybe. Yeah. The, last, the last Zelda game. That's why there's tears so, in the kingdom, when because he's dead. Exactly, that will not be a last Zelda game. Right, I'm calling it. Link's going to die. Everyone's going to die. <laughs> Ganondorf's <laughs> going to win. I mean... Thanos is going to come and Spoilers, <laughs> but he technically died in the first game. Anyway. Uh, on a technicality. Anyway. So, we got to see... Obviously, we got to see a lot more on this game. We got to see Link on a... Various contraptions of... Vehicle. I like the hovercraft um, thing. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so it was kind of like a, like a massive four-wheeling... Tablet. Uh, pretty much... <laughs> That he was doing, and then there was one in the air, and then he also had the um, hot air balloon of that. I think he was in as well. I will say, compared to all the marketing they did for Breath of the Wild, I still don't have a general clue what this story is. Well, That's we don't kinda... need to know. <sighs> we don't, but it's all we need to know is Ganon's back. There's no, well, you don't down. even know technically if that's actually what's happening. You just assume it. Um, I don't know. There, there's some there's some stuff that like, I've seen online. I've like I've looked and like myself with like one of the old Breath of the Wild trailers, and it was like at least sort of with those they kind of give you like a hint of like okay, this is what's happening, this is what's going on, this is what you'll probably be doing. But the thing is, that title had to sell a system. The Switch is well established now. They don't need to give you as much. True. What are you there? It was just, I don't know, it's still but just a, bit of, from a, your a point confusing view, yeah. sort of like, okay, there's a lot of happening, but why is, like, there's no gel to what seems to be happening. But that's not going to, like, defer me. That's just, like, one little nitpick, and nitpick to, like, seeing what's going on. Um, one thing I'm a little bit confused about is, obviously, Link's got the, I suppose, the, the I forgot what it's called, you know, the tablet's powers um from the first game but it seems to be infused in this i've seen a lot of people say glove but i'm wondering if it's actually his hand that's just been transformed because mm. there's a part towards the end of the trailer where like he goes to reach zelda who's fallen and you can see kind of his arms essentially been charred to death so i'm like okay does this is it his arm that gets trans transformed is it he's wearing something in particular that helps him i don't know i'll be intrigued to know what what that's all about. Well, obviously, if it's a glove, it's going to be the Nintendo Power Glove that he's going to be wearing. <laughs> that would be insane. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Part of the collector's items. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of collectors, they did show off the collector's edition as well. And the Power Glove. And the, and the Power Glove, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. If I had spare money lying around, I'd be ordering that bad boy. But... How much is it? It's about 90 quid. About, yeah, it was about 90 you get pin badges, you get a book, Always you get the hard. game, you get the steel book. Oh, you get the game, do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it's it a code? rarity nowadays. Oh, is it, is it a code? <laughs> uh, don't no, don't say that to me, Mark. I, I need to check now. I'm sure it's a game. Well, obviously well, it's a game, but... While he's doing that, I'll say I think Zelda looks pretty good. Um, I do hope there's a, a bit of a return to form for dungeons. I think that was a 
there was a bit of a critique of the first game as well. There's no real proper dungeons as per se. Of course they were. They weren't though, were they? The big the big beasts that you had to get on, they were dungeons. They weren't not in the traditional sense. Traditional. But you go in, you don't really get any new items per se, you just work it out. Whereas like, you know, Zelda's very much had a formula of go in dungeon, get set item that you need to complete set puzzle for dungeon, be a boss because of set item. Rinse repeat. <laughs> oh, and a lot of people are hoping that like weapons don't degrade this time round. I was okay. fine with it. I was happy with the system because I think it made you it made you think on your feet and like different strategies with weapons that you have as well. So, but that was that. I, a lot of people didn't like it apparently. I didn't mind it. I thought you had to be a bit more clever in the t- in terms of like what oh, weapons it, yeah. you used when. You had, you had to be a bit more sort of cautious as well what you collected and stuff. So, but yeah, that was Zelda. Just looking at the collector's edition. And um, you won't be surprised that people are already scalping it for 200 quid on eBay. So, yeah. Anything that's collectors is going to get scalped, isn't it? Come on. Infuriating, vile creatures. I'm going to see if I can um, find one at uh, RRP now, just so I can no, get, get a sucker whacked on eBay. No. Nope. Coming over to your house and burning it. Yeah. O- overall thoughts on the directs? I didn't think it was too bad. Probably give it a C grade. There are a few things in there that I liked. I'm giving it like a B plus for me. A lot of good stuff for me. So Metroid alone is just big enough. So everyone's been wanting it. Mark would give it an E minus. Unrated. <laughs> Unrated. Oh no, it got you. <laughs> I feel like I'm at college all over again. All right, should we move on to all the stuff then? Yes. Yes. Should we talk about the? Uh ever ongoing saga of the Activision Microsoft deal thing. Yes. The EU and the UK have separately made their statements about the deal itself. And uh, funnily enough, they're both opposed to it. So this is taken from an article on Politico. It says the European Union has issued Microsoft with a formal antitrust warning over its $69 billion takeover bid by Activision Blizzard. Three people close to the matter have told Politico. In a so-called statement of objections sent to the US tech giant on Tuesday, EU antitrust enforcers laid out the reasons why the deal could threaten fair competition on the video game market, the sources said. The move comes after the EU launched an in-depth investigation into the deal in November, finding that Microsoft may may in the future be incentivized to block access to Activision's popular Call of Duty franchise. Such foreclosure strategies could reduce competition in the markets for the distribution of console and PC video games, leading to higher prices, lower quality, and less innovation for console game distributors, which may in turn be passed on to consumers, the commission said at the time. So that's the EU's stance on it. And then the UK rocked up with this. The UK Competition and Markets Authority is also opposed to Microsoft's Activision deal. The investigation was conducted over five months to understand the market and potential impact of the deal. Uh, this included holding site visits and hearings to hear directly from business leaders at Microsoft and Activision, analysing over 3 million internal documents from the two businesses to understand their views on the market, commissioning an independent survey of UK gamers and gathering evidence from a range of other gaming console providers, game publishers and cloud gaming service providers. So you can go and read the full report on the Gov.uk website. But in summary, 
it states this. Uh, the in-depth independent investigation provisionally finds deal ra- uh, the deal raises concerns about cloud and console gaming, that the merger could make Microsoft even stronger in cloud gaming, stifling competition in this growing market and harming UK gamers who cannot afford expensive consoles. Uh, the deal could also harm UK gamers by weakening the important rivalry between Xbox and PlayStation gaming consoles. And Martin Coleman, the chair of the independent panel of experts conducting this investigation, said this. It's been estimated that there are around 45 million games in the UK and people in the UK spend more on gaming than any other form of entertainment, including music, movies, TV and books. Strong competition between Xbox and PlayStation has defined the console gaming market over the last 20 years. Exciting new developments in cloud gaming are giving gamers even more choice. Our job is to make sure that UK gamers are not caught in the crossfire of global deals that, over time, could damage competition and result in higher prices fewer choices or less innovation. We have provisionally found that this may be the case here. We have also today sent the companies an explanation of how our concerns might be resolved, invited their views and any alternative proposals they wish to submit. Hmm. Getting a bit tetchy, isn't it? It is. But, but some analysts have looked at this and think that I, this all this actually means that the deal is actually closer to going through. I mean, they're probably right. Yeah. Otherwise, well people be. won't be up in arms about this and, and talking about it as much as they are if it weren't close to getting it over the line, well, to getting over the line. So, mm. so, so what's, where do you stand on this? What's your? Do, do you think this makes sense, or do you, you just think? I think I everyone should keep the keep the neb out and let it let it happen, because the Xbox and Phil Spencer has already come out and said. We're not going to touch Call of Duty, at least for the foreseeable future. This this is the thing about all this whole thing. It's every, everyone yeah, is focusing so much on Call of Duty. Yeah, a lot of this is riding on the Call of Duty franchise, which I get is, is obviously it's a very important franchise for both Microsoft and Sony. Probably more leaning on Sony's side of it with sort of you know, the recent, um, you know, the recent few games that had kind of you know Sony specific stuff did seem to sort of favor Sony to a, to a point um really, I, I don't really know what to, to think about it because I've seen so many different arguments from kind of both sides like um I remember there was, there was someone at Microsoft I think over the last was it was a month or so um tweeted after an episode of the last of us was like Oh, look at this! Look how successful Sony is without, you know, needing Call of Duty. Or, like, wasn't in those kind of words. Was very more sort of disguised in effect. But it was essentially saying, look, Sony's arguing that they need Call of Duty. But look, here's the Last of Us. Here's like a very successful video game franchise and now TV production. Like, clearly, Sony don't need to worry about Call of Duty. <laughs> The thing is, it's a, it's an annual thing, isn't it? That's the, I think that's what we're getting at, isn't it? It's because it's, yeah. it's just a continuous cash cow. Uh, yeah, and I mean... Uh, Even though, I personally, think, I, I think, think Microsoft's done... Down on its arse in recent years. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, I can, I've, I've been I mean, hearing... It still like, sells well. Some, well, I mean, the last Call of Duty was the best selling Call of Duty in the entire franchise. Well, let's be honest, so every time it comes <laughs> out, you've got people, people always saying it's crap. Well, I it's. Know. I mean, there's a lot of bad things again said about this country now as well. So, so it's people just buy it, only. They just buy it. If they hope it'll get good, it's just those. That's the, me. Uh, the whales. 
I'm, it's just, I, this me. is just Wales, isn't it? <laughs> we just buy it. I buy it because I'm like, it's my annual thing. I love Cordry and just kind of wish it got back to where it was. Well, it's like them staple games, isn't it? You're always going to buy FIFA, you're always going to buy COD. That's, that's yeah. it. Um, it's just a tricky one because I feel like Microsoft have also kind of come out and said, look, this is what we're going to do with Call of Duty. We're going to, you know, we're going to do like a, I think there's like a 10-year, um, yeah. you know, deal with Sony that was going to be on their, you know, it's going to be on their platforms. They can even put it on, you know, PS Plus and that kind of stuff if they wanted to. Um, they're not going to do anything within those 10 years, so jeopardize you know, the series for Sony. Um, and I don't know if there was anything else that they'd come up with and that stuff, but it's like, it, it really makes it feel like what else does Activision do then? Like, well, do we not care about anything else? Overwatch? Overwatch is pretty big. True. Do we well, not care about Diablo? I was going to move on to that, like the other, the other games, because... When it first came out, the Xbox were going to buy Activision. I, I got quite excited, more for those older IPs, like they've worked with Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, obviously Tony Hawk, like yeah. reviving those franchises and getting them to the best that they can be. I know we had, um, I was going to say Sonic 4 then, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. Um, fairly recently, we've got Crash Team Rumble coming up um, December this year. Um but for games like that, and obviously you've got World of Warcraft, massive games like that, they could that they could potentially yeah. port over to Xbox and put on Game Pass, and they get loads of people playing that. Well, but, it's not just those two as well. I mean, the, there was also the the King mobile side of it, right? all the you know Candy Crush and oh yeah, that mm. stuff. That'll make a lot of money. I'm I'm sure it still makes a lot of money to this day. All the mums playing that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm. Ju- I feel I'm, like I'm just sorry, sorry, Matt. I'm I'm just sick of people trying to roadblock this. Now it's just getting boring. Well, I think it's just Sony at this point. Like I feel like they came out recently and like accused Microsoft of harassing them and bullying them. It's like, well, you're you're kind of blocking this deal. Stop it. <laughs> well, not stop it. I, but... I can understand them opposing it. But... They just they all need to get into a room and just have a proper adult chat rather than slinging crap about on social media. Oh, I thought you were and silly and silly little interviews. Just getting a boxing match. Whoever wins yeah. gets yeah. control. <laughs> yeah. Jim Brown um, and Big Phil Spencer in boxing. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember seeing something. I can't remember if this was part of the EU or UK's kind of I suppose conclusion on it, but I think. One of them came up with like four, there's like three or four options that they would be like, okay, we'd we'll, we'll be fine for you doing this. And it was something like they would have to take the Activision part out of it. So they would only buy Blizzard King. Something about like if, they, if it went through, then they would have to sell off the Call of Duty IP franchise. They couldn't have Call of Duty, but they could have the companies. Like another one was something like splitting splitting off Activision or, or something one sport. Um or potentially just buying the King part of it. So we don't have the King company in their IPs and not Activision Blizzard. Or don't do it. <laughs> and it was just like what? Like what what can Microsoft do to kinda of convince these people that like 
This is fine. We've got these ideas. Anything that gets rid of Bobby Kotick, I'll be down for. That's a thing as well. That was confirmed. Yeah, he's come out with statements as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he came out and was like, oh, if the UK don't do this, they'll become a death valley. Yeah. Man, have you seen the state of the UK like, already? We're already there. <laughs> so very few things would allow us to be on the side of the UK. Oh, but, yeah. If, um, if, <laughs> if, 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 if Bobby well, going to oppose us, yeah, then, yeah. If, if the whole thing didn't go through, he'd stay in charge. There'd be no change in him. So it's like, right, just let him buy him, please. <laughs> Stop this. I'm worried they're going to buy him and keep him on, though. I think they always said they were going to, as uh, like a transitional thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah transition, it was like a transitional yeah. thing, but then after a while, it, it was looking very likely that they would get rid of him because he brings too much negativity to it. So no one likes him. Poor Bobby. Poor I'm only joking. Oh, no, Paul Bobby. Stop that. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. Yeah, no. as he sits in his ivory tower. With He's got millions. big ears. Oh, I feel sorry for this millionaire. A billionaire, get it right. Oh, sorry, <laughs> billionaire. Anyway, let's, let's move on to more positive stuff and stuff that I like anyway. What's that? There was a new gameplay trailer for the Resident Evil 4 remake. And we got new tidbits and news about the game. It's coming out very, very soon. Tell, <laughs> me, more, tell me more about his tidbits. His tidbits. What? And those one-liners. No, headlines. Oh, headlines, sorry. One-liners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll be plenty of one-liners. Game, I'm sure. Uh, so, there's two sections of the game that got show off, shown off. Um, it was the pretty much the first part, so kind of the entering of um, the village and kind of the ensuing um, mayhem that happens there. Um, and then the other part was a little bit later in the game where it's very much kind of like a essentially like a almost like a siege on uh, on this house that you try to defend and stuff. So they were showing off some some new stuff of kind of like, okay, this is what's a little bit different from the original. This is what's pretty much kind of the same. I honestly really can't look forward more to this if I could because like, it looks like they've been a lot more faithful this time around with this game compares to the previous remakes that they've done. So, like, they they had two, and that was the remake of the original, which was obviously you had like the fixed camera angles and stuff, and that got all changed to a third person camera, so it can be completely refaithful, um, but close enough to what they sort of reimagined Resident Evil 2 would look like, kind of in the modern era. Um, and then they did the same again with sort of Resident Evil 3, and now with this one, obviously with like the original Resident Evil 4. Being the first Resident Evil with like a in that over the top shot of camera view, a lot obviously from that game kind of translates well to kind of if you just modernize it and stuff. Um, but it does look really good. Like some of the new stuff that they've shown off, the the house scene looks pretty good. Where you got to sort of um, it's very similar to the original. You kind of try and border windows and stuff. There's a similar cam. Uh, there's a similar mechanic taken from the second remake where you can pick up. Uh, wooden boards and use them to board certain windows of your choosing so you can choose which ones you want to board up for the enemies to come through um and then you're sort of just kind of working with um the character uh louis sierra who is again from the original uh seeing how sort of you know yourself and him sort of work together to sort of defend off the house they did reveal um one new enemy type that hasn't been in the original game, which is essentially this this guy who's wearing a 
the skin of a dead cow. Just head. Or just the head? Or yeah. the skin as just, well? Just the head. Well, it's kind of shaped in the head. Then very well might be a skull there as well. I'm not sure. Um, is but... it just an anthropomorphic cow? Probably. <laughs> um, but it is holding a massive hammer. So it will come yeah, in swinging and causing destruction. Uh, which is quite interesting. I kind of well, like that they're adding. So was it, was it, was it Yule Mir? Oh, I, do you know what, Bob? I'm going to say, if you come across that, you're going to have to move out of the way. I'm working with Amazon. Uh... <laughs> I thought you established this long ago. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all amateurs anyway, so. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so that was quite fun. Um, and then the part that they showed off, um, which was part in the village, so it's not. I do have to correct myself. It wasn't the first part that's in the village. Sometime later, once you've picked up um, Ashley in the church, um, so they show off a lot of the sort of mechanics of where you've got Ashley, you have to kind of protect her from the Ganados and hopefully she doesn't die. There's a few things changed here as well. So Ashley, in the original, had a health bar. Um, which you'd be careful with. If she gets swiped, obviously, health goes down. Goes all the way down, she dies, game over. Um, and this one, she doesn't have a health bar. Uh, they removed it. But they've done that because also in the original, what you could do, rather than just having a walking around behind you and stuff, you could tell her to get in these like dumpster bins and just hide, and then you could just do what you want and not have to worry about Ashley, she's not going to get caught, whatever. And this one, uh, and then the remake, I should say, they've removed those garbage bins. So now it's a bit more, you have to think more about kind of not just yourself, but also kind of what's happening with Ashley. Um, if she gets picked up and dragged off, you can run off and knife them in the neck and save Ashley now, which is quite interesting. Um, she can take damage. If she takes too much damage, she'll go into like a down state. Um, which then if she takes kind of one more hit, then she will die. So it's not just like she's an invulnerable person. You know, like really think about what you're doing, which is pretty cool. I just, it, it, everything just looks really good. I did see a lot of criticism of the rain effects in this, um, in that like it's meant to make heavy rain, but it looks more like you're playing the definitive edition of GTA. If you can imagine what that rain was like, um, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. If you see the gameplay, a lot of people are throwing that it looks too much like that. Which I don't think it looks that bad. I think it's I think it's that heavy on purpose to make it difficult. You know, just add a sense of difficulty for like seeing enemies and stuff. It's most it's meant to like simulate heavy rainfall, but I mean, if Capcom see it, I'm sure they'll. They'll take that on board, and if they've probably got a couple of months to tweak it if needed. But no, I'm really looking forward to this, obviously. So, very happy to see what, what it looked like. I just think it'd be a Resident Evil title that you guys, well, I don't know about Mark, but maybe if Nathan wants to give a go. Well, I've got Village that I need to get back to, so I might, I might have a go at it. Should we talk about E3? Because, oh boy. What was happening? What's happened? Well, well, we don't. Well, at this rate, probably not. Oh no. Well. So yeah, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo are reportedly not going to be attending E3 this year. Hmm. 
Now, PlayStation, I think we we probably assumed that would be the case anyway. Yeah, I mean, they have yeah. state of plays all the time. I mean, it's rumoured that they're going to have two before June. So, yeah. Also, Nintendo, we just had a Direct. Yeah. So why would they need to be there? Yeah, they I think they, they've all been there. holding their own things kind of separate from E3. It, it was always going to be an issue with E3 stepping back. These companies had to do something to fill the gap, and now they've found that now. So it's there's not really any need for it, yeah. Yeah. But m- maybe it'll be good for some of the smaller publishers to showcase what they're doing. It might be more of a platform for them going forward. Yeah. It's just a real shame, though, really, isn't it? Yeah. What 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 E3's become? Now the Matty have fallen. It used to be really exciting. I was had dreams like maybe one day I'd go. I mean, it would never happen anyway. But one, I have dreams of like, oh, am I attended E3? It's just, it's just not gonna happen, is it? It's real sad. I was, I was wondering why the UK have never had their own kind of E3. Like we've got like Gamescom over in Germany, and then there's the Tokyo Game Show. Why can't we have like a, a UK one? Or is it just there's too many already? In... Well, I think the. The one in Germany is like pretty much all like Europe, real, I think. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I don't think we've bring got it, enough yeah. bring, to get. Bring Gamecoms here. Just like have it touring. Yeah. Just have it touring around Europe. Yeah. That'd be why the world's Stockholm. Yeah. Every four years. years. Yeah. No, we don't need more corruption. Jesus. How would you save E3? Or would you want to save it? Hmm. Don't say how that's how I'd have said it. Get rid of it? No, I won't get rid of it. The problem that I found with E3 is it's become more of here's what we want to sell you as opposed to look, games are cool. That's what it should be. It should be a celebration of yeah. games in general. And only a small portion of it should be like the future of game. Like what you want to sell. You know what I was what why did to do? And I think I I can't remember if it actually did do this one year or not. But they always like they, they brought obviously you had sort of the you had like the conference days and sort of the two days after was sort of the you know the public days the public going get to be on the show you know on the floor well, that's what playing they want to do with this the one, demos and stuff. Um, but I always kind of I, I always wanted them to hold like a, like a special. Um, I don't know if they did their own app or something, but like to have those demos available. For everyone, everyone else, yeah. yeah. Like so, so they time. go the yeah. Yeah. So like, okay, we're showing off. I don't know this section of the game. Okay, everyone gets to experience it. You know, like you need to sign up to E3, whatever or something to yeah, be able like, to do take, it. Take for, example, like, you, sorry, take for example, you could have had you know they did those um, Resident Evil demos for time for I don't know, what was it an hour? Yeah, the time. I yeah, know, like thirty minutes. Just say here you go. Yep. You know. This is what we've shown up for E3. There you go, download that, have your hour. Yeah. You get a lot of people involved, wouldn't it? That's the thing. I think you get a little more, more interaction with things. Yeah, just like stuff like that. Just, it needs to be more you know, public-facing and be able to just kind of reward gamers for celebrating games, really. Mm. Rather than just like a marketing campaign. True is, I guess Buddy's going to come from somewhere, isn't it? So if you're just going to celebrate history, where's the money come from? So that's the problem, isn't it? No, well, it's all about it. money, isn't it? Well, it's got to be someone's going to pay the bills, aren't they, to keep the lights on? If if I were them, my 
bit to this would probably be to do more um, like open conferences, like with the developers maybe, and like Q and A's and stuff like yeah. that to get people involved. That'd be really oh, interesting. The, uh, oh, the who is it that does that? There's like a there's like a games award that kind of does that as well. It's like a bit of a conference. Can't remember what it's called. But there's Which, somewhere that that does it. So you're thinking uh, yeah. more like a is it San Diego Comic Con that kind of thing? Yeah, more, more like it. Bring something like the, the conference. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like maybe a panel of like voice actors that played in a game. Like for example, at Comic Con in April in um, Liverpool, they're gonna have a lot of the Red Dead Two voice cast going, and they're gonna have like a little panel, and you can go and get autographs and stuff. So it's like merging like con culture with yeah. gaming in in effect. So. You get the yeah the game inside where you can go and queue up and play the games and you've got like people talking about games and even like maybe doing a few tournaments and things like that just to get get people in and excited about it. But it's it's yeah. it's going to be very difficult for them because obviously you've got Jeff Keighley and friends taking up that space that's yeah. left. You know you know what they need they need they need an awards show. Mm, where where a kid can't just barge onto the stage and talk about Bill Clinton. <laughs> God, Jesus. God. And it's rabbi. And it's rabbi, yeah. Oh, dear. But yeah, it's, it's upsetting, but I I think they'll probably end cancelling it again. And that'll be it. It's, it's, it's a shame because, you know, this was supposed to be like the rebrand. Because obviously they've got the uh, new company doing it now, haven't they? Yeah. I think things were looking a bit promising, you know, last year. And uh, it's doubly so because the, obviously the pandemic is, I think it's made these companies realise, isn't it, that they don't need to do this. Because let's be honest, their profits have been hit over these past few years. If anything, they've gone stronger because more well, people have it. bought them due to the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. But now they didn't have to go through E3 during that period. So why do they need it? But I, th- I think it's just more about us for the fans, isn't it? It's just we're just watching those pa- those showcases. It's just you know, it just brings back so much great men- memories from history, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just the the thought of well, not having those again. It's count on Ubisoft. <laughs> and the yeah, next just yeah, dance. Just dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't forget your rabbits. Go have the rabbits there. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> that's it, isn't it. Uh, there's a few things that are constants in life: death, taxes, and just dance. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just, I know it's just utterly depressing. <laughs> but there you go. It will be interesting to see if it does go ahead. Yeah, what, what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, regardless of what format it's in, I'll definitely be paying attention to it, and I'm sure we'll. Have stuff to talk about. I mean, to be fair, uh, there's a lot of things outside of those three that I do kind of watch. Like, I'm a big fan of the Wholesome Directs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, PC uh, Gaming Show and all those, isn't it? The Volvo ones are pretty good as well. Yeah, the more. They always do the funny skits, don't they? Yeah. yeah. We'll see what the future holds for that. But also, another thing I'd do is that I'd, I'd, I wouldn't have it every year. I'd probably have it, like, every three years. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, because then you're forcing people to have to put things together yeah. even if it's might not be quite ready yet so exactly. you're just getting a splash screen rather than maybe some gameplay 
mm. which is what we want to see at the end of the day. And then you'd be more excited for it to come around. It's like, oh, right, it's, it's E3 year. Wonder what we'll get. Mm. And may- maybe, just going back to the idea of the World Cup, funnily enough, tour it around the world. Make E3 a global thing. Are a convention out in different cities. So people get the opportunity to come and actually experience it. It's not a bad idea, actually. I think plenty of places want it. I mean, game is like, was it like the biggest entertainment industry in the world? So, that'd be in UK. I'd love to go just to experience it over about three days. I mean, yeah, it'd be expensive, but it's not something you do every day, is it? It'd be like a once in a decade thing. Yeah, because it might not come around it. Here we go. Certainly yeah. sell out. Get your, get yourself to the Motor Point Arena or whatever it's called <laughs> now. Motor Point Yeah. <laughs> right. So it, it it feels strange that the PS5 came out over two years ago. But when it did launch, it launched with a group of games called the PlayStation Plus collection. It did. So mm-hmm. that was a collection of around twenty games. Um, from the PS4 and some multi-platform games as well. So you got games like Batman Arkham Knight, Bloodborne, Days Gone, Fallout 4, um, Destroy Become Human, um, The Last of Us Remastered, great game, um, Uncharted 4, Until Dawn, Ratchet and Clank 2016. So tons of fantastic games. Um, and I think the reason that they brought this out along with the PS5 is due to the lack of launch titles, obviously, and cross-gen titles. So when you mm. bought a PS5, you, you kind of thought you were getting something back because you were getting a library of fantastic games. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently they've come out and they've announced that they're going to be taking those games away from the 9th of May. So Ooh. if you've got them in your list and got them downloaded... You'll all be good. Um, but if you've not, or you buy PS5 after, they will not be available to you to download. So if you do have access to them, I'd say get them added to your list so that you can download them if you need to. But yeah, I mean, I think you've said earlier, Mar, that you're surprised that they're doing it now and you didn't do it earlier. Yeah, because I presume this because they're shifting it onto this subscription. Service the, the other tiers or whatever they are. Yeah, probably. They might add it to like the mid tier. I can't remember what the tiers are called now. So there's essential, um, premium, premium, essential, premium, and the other one. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's um, just if if you do have a PS5, get get it done because you've only got a few months to do it. Yeah. So, public service announcement there. And if you're on the fence about getting a PS5 and you want to play at least a few of these games, buy it quick. No excuses now. You're supposed to be able to get PS5s readily now. That's it. So they say. I even saw a deal for one at sub £400. Oh, oh sorry. It's uh, Essential Extra. Ah, right. Premium. Okay, so premium is the beefy one. Yeah. The big one. I was like, I can't think of anything that's such high premium. I just didn't know what was the middle ground. So we talk about EA Sports. It's in the game. It's in the game. Yeah. Is it in the game? Yeah. So apparently, a deal has uh, for just under 500 million has been struck between EA Sports and the Premier League. Ooh. 
they started. Mm. And, yeah, uh, we'll lose next. And apparently this will last for six years. And also, uh, this is, they say, is over double the existing deal. Wow. Well, they've got that Ulmer team money, haven't they? Ching, ching. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. They probably made that in about five minutes, selling FIFA points. <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. Thing is, we're all... Do we think this will affect any sort of future FIFA game? Um, wanting to use likenesses and stuff from the Premier League? I don't know. All these deals... The way <laughs> the way the FIFA deals is so complicated because the FIFA deal doesn't... That doesn't affect the leagues. It's just the FIFA license, isn't it? Yeah, it's the name of... Yeah, it's the name of... Yeah. It's just the name of FIFA. Yeah. So they still have to go through a bunch of deals. Yeah, for each they, they, they've league. had to. So the uh, what what EA sports have had to essentially do is they, they have to get like they have to they have to make a deal with Premier League to be able to use their kind of licensing. Hmm. Yes, then make a deal with I think it's F uh, FIF Pro to yeah, be able to use years. player yeah. licenses. And I think I assume they have to kind of do that for each league, league. and. Obviously, the the corresponding player represent company that has it. I thought they had to do individual clubs as well because there's been a few seasons where they've not had Juventus no, they, and they've not had Napoli. They, mm, in terms of their logos and names, it's because uh, that's that's if they made the deal directly to the club. So um, I know Konami got um, exclusivity to a couple leagues but they also made like exclusive deals with that club they'll be like they'll be the exclusive partner of Juventus or something so then all things surrounding Juventus can only be with that game I think but then EA have done similar stuff with like the Man City they've got a partnership with Man City Um, I think they've got a partnership with a couple of Premier Premier League clubs. I think Newcastle might be one as well. I can't remember. Um, but it's I don't know. It all works different. So it could be like you know, how like Konami always seems to have at least two Premier League teams, then everyone else is you know Manchester Blue, <laughs> yeah. Tyneside, London Red, West London. You know. <laughs> Uh, weird stuff. I, I don't know how it fully works. I assume it's something like that where you'd have to exclusively have a partnership with the club to actually have them if you want. But I'm just wondering how it'll also affect if, like, if, if FIFA make their own game. How do they how do they deal with the Premier League then? Well, they can't, can they? They'll have to call it the, the Premiership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The League Premier. Yeah. The League of Champions. This is a championship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to make it sound a bit more. <laughs> it's not League One, it's Division One. How much for MLS? Four uh, <laughs> Half a pack of those. Ooh, I'd say that. That would be harsh. Been harsh on MLS. It's not bad league. No, they did. They, they have started taking penalties properly now. Not that ridiculous they were excited the halfway line no there's rubbish I hate that they were like oh we'll take what we did in ice hockey but it's not as fun stop it yeah that's true the ice hockey penalties are crap the ice hockey one no that's 
Don't, I, I want to see a keeper get blasted from about five foot away with that puck. I want to see murder on the ice floor. <laughs> on the ice well, floor. We, well, we saw that pretty much when we last went. There was so much fighting, it was great. Wow, well, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Just some scraps with them chips. Anyway, Jesus Christ. Right, I'm, I'm moving this on because this is going somewhere <laughs> that's not on topic at all. <laughs> uh... The Grammys. We know about what the Grammys are, don't we? Do we? I, I, every time I watch like a, an American broadcast, actually the Super Bowl, which is tomorrow night, uh, I, I guarantee whoever is singing the national anthem at the beginning will be a 16-time Grammy Award nominee because that's that's the only thing they ever say. It's funny, it's nominee, isn't it? It's not winner. Yeah, yeah. It's nominee. Never winner. It's just nominee. <laughs> like, yes, I was nominated 500 times. Never won. Yeah. Well done. Um... Well, why are we talking about the Grammys here? Well, because they had a uh, a new category added this year specifically for best score soundtrack for video games and other interactive media. Other interactive media? What's that entail? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the games that were nominated, and you tell. Well, you can guess who won because I won't tell you until you've guessed. So we've got Aliens Fireteam Elite. I don't think that won. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. Don't think that won. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla Dawn of Ragnarok. Not God the, of War. The DLC. The DLC, yes. Okay. Uh, we've got Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And we've got Old World. Old World? Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, old world. Hang on, so no Elden Ring, no God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I don't see... They picked these out of a crisp packet or something. Crisp. How can any of these win a Grammy? That's a bit harsh for the inaugural winner. I can't even remember nominees. Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC. I'm going for that one. Going for that one? Do you want to have a guess, Mark? Uh, if you can remember. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember any. What you said there. Uh, Aliens, why not? Aliens. Well, funnily enough, Aliens didn't win. Oh. <laughs> uh, they actually got a spawn. It was the Assassin's Creed Valhalla Dawn of Ragnarok. They got it confused with the other Ragnarok game, didn't they? Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> the, that's the one. Um, but it's cool that uh, video game soundtracks are starting to get recognised now. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> the wrong ones, can, well, right? Yeah, I would. I was just going to say, can we get them to actually listen to some? So they can put a good that's list a bit, Look, that's harsh to the composer, right? One, give give her a break, Stephanie Economo. I don't I don't care who it was. I'm not saying it was bad. Harsh, but come on. Well, I've not heard it. I mean, it could be <laughs> fantastic. Well, I mean, I do actually have. I've I've bought the game. I've not installed it yet. I need to get through Odyssey first. But no, I think I think no. it's cool though. As the Grammys recognizing video game. Soundtrack. I guess it's, yeah, a, start. it's a start, is isn't it? It's a start. It. Look, Every next, next year we'll step. have Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, uh, Hi Fi Rush, uh, try and think of others, Final Fantasy 7 Crisis Core, just because I want to put it there, and Sonic Frontiers, because that has to win. I'm robbed again. I'm robbed again this time. Yeah. God damn it. It's enough to drive anyone to drink. You drink it, Endos. <laughs> what is it? 
Who is that? It's Paul. It's not Paul. Oh, it's right. It's going to down a bottle of relish. <laughs> a proper Yorkshire me. I went those on my cornflakes. Yeah. Is that end That's fantastic. It's the best thing I've heard today. And that's the news. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Let's do it. Yep. Matt, do you want to kick us off? Sure, kick us off. Okay. Uh, so, only the two games that we've been playing uh, over the last two weeks. Uh, nothing new per se, just continuing on the adventures of Aloy and the Forbidden West. Uh, so, where I am now is, so I've done, I've gotten the three AIs that um, Guy wanted. I've gone over to, um, uh, I forget where it is, it's the the island that's sort of separate that you have to get by, by boat. Um, and you go, you go there, you help the... Um, the Gwen, Quen, is Quen, I think it is. Um, helped them with some stuff. Took down a apex thunder jaw like it was nothing. Uh, Sweet. I was, I was quite happy about that actually. Uh, I think it hit me a couple times, but that was my I was like my least annoying kind of giant robot fight. I was like more of this please. I don't want to take anything that's too complex anymore. Uh, got that cleared. Went down. Uh, met the I forget how you say it the, the CEO yeah uh, which I just read it was like it was meant to be the CEO of the company or something to be honest uh, I think that that's like a play on that I, like, I feel like it was wasn't it like he saw that Ted Farrell was CEO or something so yeah. he needed to be the CEO Oh, however you say, I'm sure I'm not saying it right, but I keep on forgetting what it is, how it's how it's pronounced. Um, and so you go down, um, you help them get into the the temple of Pharaoh, as you kind of found out. It's a bit of an egotistical man. Um, just so you, you no kidding, <laughs> just just a little bit, you know, massive statue of him. Uh, you know, he's got corruptors as Guardians, which is quite interesting. It's like the first time I've came across the corruptors in this game. Even though they were like a plenty in the first game. It's like the first time you see them in this one. Um and then you go find find the secrets of Mr. Ted Farrow, what he's trying to do, you know, he's trying to force um force a scientist to essentially make him immortal, test on him. This seems to have gone to a point where they could get his cells to regenerate at a pretty decent level, but then he was getting mutations and whatnot. Uh, I like the little story you're working out. Essentially, kind of essentially held at the will by Ted, so help him make his dreams reality. And like one by one, they were kind of killing, killing themselves off until sort of you find that the the scientist and the daughter end up committing suicide. I thought it was pretty sad. I was like, oh Jesus, um, this Ted guy must be some piece of work. And then again, you uh, you find some dirty things going to be useful for the Quen and stuff and um, the CEO barges in it's like ends off going into this room that you can't see what's in but he, he starts sort of pedaling back he's like this is it this is what I've been looking for and now burn this thing and you're like what burn what thing um, and you see like a guard's gone in with like a 
torturing stuff, and you, you, you essentially find out Ted was still alive. A bit. Mm, probably not in human form. Um, well, the, the growling. Yeah. And stuff. Um, <laughs> actually, I actually I appreciate that you didn't see it, because I think it added more to your imagination, like, what the hell has he turned into? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm imagining some, like, like, some uh, deep space. Well, dead space, well, sorry. Stuff. Yeah, the way um, I imagined it is like deep space you know, <laughs> the flood people, you know, with like massive boils and stuff all over them. That's how I imagined oh, yeah. it to look. Uh, it could be, yeah. I mean, it did end up. Sorry, no, it wasn't flooded. The entrance to it, you had to go through, which was flooded. But... I imagined he still looked human. Because as right. we know, humans are the real monsters. <laughs> Fair uh, yeah, so that got burnt down. The whole place got destroyed. Get out there, thankfully. I'm quite, um, I'm kind of glad that that Gwen, um, oh, I forgot what they, what, what they call them. You know, the people that are, like in charge of like finding data and working all the old world stuff like that. That she like joins your party. She's, I, I really enjoy her character. Yeah. She's just kind of, she's just misled basically by, um. Not gonna say a tribe, but the CEO. Um, I liked as well his kind of main bodyguard as well. When like when you escape, and he's like, "You're gonna tell me what happened, and you're gonna be honest." And you're like, "Yeah, this guy did stuff." And he's like, "So you're saying he's an egotistical ni- narcissist?" And he's like, "Oh God, thank Christ, you know that he's just an idiot." Um, <laughs> so that was quite funny. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got, I've done that. I've visited. Uh, I went back to the base, spoke to guys, spoke to Beta, who apparently didn't want to do stuff. But then you're like, God damn it, you're a clone of Elizabeth. You should be well, shoving more balls. Uh, oh, no, do yeah. stuff, damn it. <laughs> um, so then, like, she agrees. So I think I'm uh, just at the point now that I need to go visit Gemini. But I keep on getting distracted by side stories and stuff. So... <laughs> Like, I'm sure if I did, like, just the main story, I'd probably be completed by now. But I'm just like, ooh, here's a side story. Ooh, here's a thing that I need to upgrade. I need to hunt down a, a Scorcher 4, but they kill me in two hits. Ooh, here's a Songbird. Not Songbird, Stormbird that I need to take down for more upgrades. <laughs> so I'm distracting myself with side quests. But I like it. I, I do. I really do enjoy that in this game, the side quests do feel more personal and um like you're actually talking to proper characters i don't feel like i'm talking to an npc getting ordered to go here do thing come back and then do that stuff like you, you get a sense that, like there's real stories behind all just like even just small characters like i think the last one i did um one of the tribes i had to find her grandson because he was being labeled as like a traitor um, and then you go to this camp. I, I, I liked this as well, where to meet the, grand, uh, the grandmother at this camp, it's like, right, we need to raid it. I'm like, yeah, but I've already done it. So she was like, okay, well, let's just go in. It's like, okay, cool. But like, had I not done it, we'd have like fought it together. So I liked that there's like, there's, there could have been different dialogue choices and stuff that you could have done had you, why have you, had you not done the camp or not. I uh, quite like that. 
Um, yeah. So, like, you know, you go and find um, this person who um, got hit. She's like, yeah, this guy's over here and he's a traitor. It's like, OK. And then you go back to, like, the camp and, like, he's been found out and he's imprisoned. And then and then you do more stuff and you find out he was actually trying to warn the camp that, like, this attack was coming in. So it's like fire behemoth for the first time, which was interesting. Um did that, went back, and then, like, he's, like, awarded, like, oh, you're, you're free to go, you, like, you were actually helping us, thank you, and stuff. So I really like there's, there's more of, like, human elements, all the side missions and stuff, and it's not just kind of go from A to B, click C, go back to A, do stuff, and all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, I'm sure I'll eventually play this game at some point. I would like to plan a bit. Um, I'm very much engrossed to the point where I'm like, it was like the first game. I planned that, really enjoyed it. So I want to do the game. Uh, I want to do this game this time around as well. So, but those strike machine games, that like chess game, I mm. hate it. <laughs> yeah, I never. Really I'm terrible. I, I'm glad. I'm glad it's just like. Um, I think it's from like win two games of it and that's it. Like I'm gonna like at some point I'm just gonna collect as much like chess pieces as I can from it and then like go back to like the very first guy and just be like Yeah, you play your little things, here's my like thunder jaw, have it. Um So I'll hopefully try and do that. But yeah, I'm really enjoying this game, really enjoy it. I think I think it's definitely a big improvement on the first game in terms of sort of story and and how the npcs feel more human and stuff and yeah hopefully i'll play it at some point <laughs> um so the only other game i've been going through which i've been spending probably too much time on since i've gone back to it has been call of duty infinite warfare now when i say i've gone back to it i've been mainly playing zombies because i love my zombies mode and I feel like I neglected this mode the first time around that I got Infinite Warfare. Like, Infinite Warfare just kind of put me off as a Call of Duty whole, as a whole anyway. Like, campaign, I didn't really give much love to. Multiplayer, I just hated the whole jetpack stuff. Like, for some reason, I was fine with it in Black Ops 3. I was fine with it in Black Ops 3. Um, but for whatever reason, this game is kind of rubbing me the wrong way, and I don't know why. Oh, it rode me the wrong way, I should say. It still does, to be honest. I try and every now and then play like a game of multiplayer and there's people just like wall running and I'm just like, man, I miss boots on the ground. <laughs> um, which is why they went for it in World War Two and never looked back. Um, but the zombies mode, I think I'll give it a proper go this time around. I've been really enjoying it. I think it's... It's a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was, and there's probably a bit more depth to it than, than it was as well. So, like, the, the first map that you've got, Zombies in Spaceland, is essentially, like, this is set in the, uh, I think it's in the 80s, I think. Um, and it's just this, like, theme ride, uh, not theme ride, theme park turned into, like, a zombie apocalypse, basically. Um, there's a lot of like fun colours, neon, all that. So there's like music from the A's that get played. There's a DJ that plays the music who is David Hasselhoff. So he's in the game and he makes it quite enjoyable. 
And there's also the tradition, oh, you've got your Easter eggs, you complete it, um, and you get these, what's called, like, soul keys that you collect through each level. So this is the first time that I've managed to complete this Easter egg. Um, had to do it in a public setting. Had to do it with two guys who knew what they were doing so they could just carry me. Uh, <laughs> so I technically did it on a technicality, but... It's nice that uh, you know how that feels, though. Yeah. Because normally it's the other way. Uh, to be fair, I do know the steps. There is just certain steps that get infuriating. And so kind of like if you play it in multiplayer, there's a certain step that requires everyone to be knowing what they're doing. So um, luckily I had two guys who were just like running through it and they just knew what was, they knew how to do that part without me and I just helped in the final boss fight against this alien. Um, so we've done that, and I've moved over to the second map, which is called Rave in the Redwoods. Um, each each map has like a thought of like a, a celebrity in it. So this one's got Kevin Smith. Um, the map's set in the 90s. I don't know what Kevin Smith's actually doing there. He essentially just stays in this like top of a cabin. And you just talk to him every so often, and he just tells you stuff, basically. Yeah, it's just a confusion on <laughs> Mark's face. Why is Kevin Smith in this? Uh, but of uh, on this form of the Easter egg, it's, it's a little bit more manageable. I don't need to have Overfield to help me. To the point that I did get to the boss fight and probably got about two-thirds for it and then died. So wasn't happy and i've been trying since i must have i've probably tried about 10 or 12 times since and i suddenly just lose at a certain point i can't i can't get over to the boss fight anymore i can't even get to the boss fight anymore now so i might i might do my, my uh what i did the last one i might piggyback on a public game and just let guys do it for me <laughs> um funnily enough while, while i was playing today i started a game and then like my dad needed out with something so like I walked off and helped him with something. Came back, game and ended. But, um, so my character, like, went into, like, Last Stand, and then you go into this, like, arcade area where you have to play games to revive yourself back. It's quite fun, actually. Um, so I was in this area, and then while I was, while I was away, someone got me a, a trophy. <laughs> nice. While I was away. It was, like, ride all the zip lines of the game. I was like, fair enough, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have to do that anymore. So, yeah, I was continuing through. Um, I feel like I'm determined to try and do all the Easter eggs in this one for some reason. I'm just enjoying it. Because the, there's other ones as well. Like, the next map after that is called Shaolin Showdown. Um, I forget who the, who the other celebrities are in, like, the following maps because I've not played them as much and then probably don't recognise them. But that one's, like, certainly... I think it's like the semis. It's very much kind of like a one of those kind of US cop shows in the semis that gets turned into a map sort of thing. It's based in New York, so obviously. And then two oh, of us. Okay. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. But like if they were like, it was like in the semis. Well, was it in the semis? It was, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um, that kind of like attire and stuff. Uh, one after that, which is called Attack of the radioactive thing, uh, which is interesting. 
is set in the 50s, I think, because everyone's in kind of like militaristic gear and stuff. And the boss fight there is you have to take on this massive like crab Godzilla thing, which seems fun. Um, and the only other one that I wasn't too, I don't remember too much of, um, because I don't think I played this the first time around when it all came out. I think it's called Attack from the Beyond. It's based on a spaceship, so that'll be interesting. But I've seen like um, basically why I want to do why I want to do all of it is because apparently right at the end of the last one is boss fight. It's, everyone says like the best fight, boss fight in any Call of Duty Zombies game. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what it'd be like. So just working up to that really and see how far I can get. And let's meet him. Mark, what have, what have you been playing? Mm. Okay, well, we, uh, me and my brother, we decided to play a new game because a game we've been looking forward to has finally come to console, and I believe you've already played it, Matt. That's, uh, we were here oh, forever. Oh, very nice. Mm. I loved my time. Mate. So that's that's finally come to console now. So we've started playing that. Um, Yeah, generally, they're, they're all pretty much the same kind of thing, though, aren't they? It's just like, you're two people, you got lost somewhere, you need to solve a little bunch of puzzles to get out of said area. That's pretty much how it is, isn't it? But this one's, this one's much more complex than I think any of the other ones. Although the third one was a bit mm, complex. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we've just done the bit where you're moving pentagons. We decided like this pentagon thing of a mob. Don't know if you remember that. You have to push handles to, to spin pentagons around that you're stood inside of. And you have to connect doors. Oh, it's like... Um... You could be in one pentagon, and then you, you're like, well, your brother would be on a pentagon like above yeah. you or something yeah, like that. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that was that took a while for us. That it took was, a while. To be honest, it was the one before that did buy it in more. That's where you're going up the ramps, you know, with the um, the, the coloured levers and the coloured ramps that you have to keep switching. Okay. I really didn't like have, that. Have one. you have that you had, have you done one um where um. It's like a row of chairs, and you have to put some people within their like designated chair, having to work out like different. No, I don't think we reached that yet. No, it might be afterwards. Anyway. I don't remember anyone. That 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 one was probably the worst one for us. I think it took us a really? good. Oh, I look forward to that one. Then. Forty, <laughs> it's like half an hour to forty minutes, just trying to work out what we were doing. <laughs> Great, can't wait for that. Cause, so now we've just started where we're just outside. We were in the snow. That's what yeah. immediately, that's immediately what happened, though, but we've done nothing. Oh, okay. No. I, I do enjoy that this one, there seems to be a lot more um, story to it. Like, they're mm. telling the story of, like, what's happened, what's going on, why, basically why you're there. Yeah. And stuff. So, no, I've, I've really enjoyed the series. I do hope it continues. Or if, if I suspect they might have finished, he... Or the creator makes like a new set. Yeah. So I really enjoy them. Oh, they are very good. And it's, it's nice to have these things that are dedicated to co op. Really. Yeah. I, I wish more stuff were like that. Like, this seems unique. Mm, they do, yeah. I just, I just mm. think they, they work really well. And we always have a great fun playing it. But yeah. So we'll carry on with that, obviously. Oh. Uh, but I, I have started playing another thing. And mm. Nathan. 
I believe you've played this as well. Actually, this when this was announced, we we were all looking forward to this. And then I believe Nathan, you start playing it, and you were a bit disappointed with it. And that is Bug Snacks. Oh yeah. Oh okay. So Bug Snacks. So you play a journalist who, at the beginning, crash lands on Snacktooth Island, an island you have been invited to by someone called Elizabeth Megafig, uh, an intrepid explorer who has discovered the island is populated by Bug Snacks, who are bugs who are also snacks. Funnily enough, Elizabeth has come to you because she wants you to help publicise her discovery on this island to the whole world. And upon your arrival, you catch up with a guy called Philbo, and he's the mayor of a settlement. They're both on the island, are on the island called Snacksburg. And it appears that Elizabeth has mysteriously disappeared, and you are wrangled into trying to find where she is. So basically, you run around, you meet these various characters, and they send you on quests to capture various bug snacks around the island, and you feed them. So you become a glorified caterer, for some reason, where you have to feed everyone on the island. I don't understand why I've got to do that, but there you go. Um, there is a side effect of eating bug snacks, though, and that is one of your limbs turns into a piece of, the f- of food, depending on what was eaten, for reasons. Uh, you have a journal called the Bugopedia, which tracks all the books that you have found so far. And it basically plays that as like a puzzle game of you are trying to figure out how to capture each type of book snacks. Mm. And you gain like various types of traps and lures to capture them. Um, but some traps don't always work. So, for example, there's one called a bunker, which is a burger with curly fries for legs. And it chases ketchup. So basically you have to lure it where you want to with ketchup. And in order to capture these, they have to be unconscious. And the only way to do that is to put ketchup on two of them and get them to run into each other. So that they both become unconscious and then you can just catch them. Uh, there's top puddage in terms of the names for the bug snacks. I mean, I've got to give it up for shishka bug. Obviously I take off a shish kebab. Now I'm not massively far into it. But it's, it's, it's a bit of quirky fun, isn't it? It's different. I wouldn't mind getting more into it. But I do worry if it could end up becoming a bit repetitive the more I play. Mm. Mm. I do worry. That's, yeah, that's one of the things I did against it, I think. It was just the same old stuff. I mean, I, I, I only played it for about an hour, an hour and a half. But, yeah. So whereabouts did you get to? Did, did you get to Snacksburg? I got to a point where... I had to get these bugs that were like in this cave. I think it might have been like the burger thing with the legs because they can like walk on walls and stuff. Yes. And I had difficulty lowering them down. Um, so I think oh, I, I got, yeah, I, I just, I couldn't master it. I think I got them down with ketchup, but I didn't master them like colliding together to then catch them. So I think it was probably me getting frustrated, not, like utilising the mechanics well to to get the bug snacks, but that was okay. roughly the bit that I got to. Right, I can see it being a bit of fun for children. It's just seems like it's something that we go for kids again. Mm. It's it's colourful, light hearted, but it I have to say it does feel like it's got a bit of a sinister undertone. I don't know if you well with you eating these creatures, yeah, yeah. So these people are all grumpuses. 
because I think they're called. I think that's what the, the characters are called. Um, they've basically invaded this island, are now eating the local population. That is what they're doing, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's a bit dark, isn't it? But anyway, that's my experience with book sites anyway. Yeah. I mean, when we saw the trailer, there were like dark undertones mm. there as well, even when we were watching mm. that. That's true. Yeah. We commented on it at the time. Yeah. Mm. But I've quite enjoyed it. This is a bit of an RPG like role playing in it as well. Like you're going around meeting these characters, and I think the idea, well, the gist of what I've got so far is that everybody's left Snacksburg because this woman's disappeared. They've got no real leader, basically, so they've all spread out, and then you've got to try and convince them to come back to this town, and mm. then you end up conducting interviews with them because you're a journalist, and I think from that you're trying to deduce where. This woman has disappeared too. So I'm intrigued to see where this goes, but I'm, I'm finding it fun. I can't, I can't see me just like plowing out through it, but I think it'd be something I'd, every now and again I might go on for a bit of lightheartedness. It's 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 a bit of fun. It's just a bit of fun. And plus, it, it was on PS Plus, wasn't it? That's that's where we got so yeah, bit that's for it. it. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. But there you go. That's what I played. So go on, Nath. What have you played? Yeah. So. I've got a confession to make. Oh, yeah. Another one. I've cheated on you both. Mm. I played a drop-in game of Pro Clubs. I already knew that. Uh, you, you, sent, you actually sent us sent video. <laughs> I felt bad afterwards. Yeah. It went quite well, actually. Got a goal and an assist. Did all right. Um, the, the reason for this is because I'm trying That's to it. platinum. Explain yourself. Go on. I'm trying to platinum FIFA 23. So I can't wait for you guys to play. I've got to get to level 7 um, in 33 days, so I've got to play some more Volta games and um, Pro Clubs games to mean, help me do that. What do you mean in 33 days? So basically one of the trophies is that you've got to get to level 7 um, like within a pe- uh, like a season period, and that runs out in 33 days, so I'm trying to do that. Oh, do you mean the... <laughs> Do you mean the it's like the Volta Bell Pass thing? I think so. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So. What's anyway. made you want? What's made you want to try and platinum it? I don't know. I, I've not even been. I've not been trying, and I'm about twenty five percent of the way through getting the trophy. So I thought, let's try it. See what happens. It's very. It's very ultimate team heavy. So I actually start. I'm gonna say love it so much. Oh no. So I, I played my first Ultimate Team game today. I ended up winning 8-0. The person quit. It was absolutely delicious. Love that. But there's also another trophy that I've been trying to get. And I failed miserably. You guys will love this. So basically, what the, there's a, the normal settings for the difficulty. So there's kind of amateur, um, semi-pro, pro, um world class and legendary and then there's like champions or whatever like the the best of the best but the trophy was you've got to put it on competitor mode so competitor mode is another mode on top of the normal like levels that you get that makes the players offline play like online players so they'll play like people and it only unlocks when you get to legendary so I had to put it onto legendary, then put it on competitive mode. So yeah, what does that mean? Play like from what I can 
for what I can gather, they play like arseholes because they're doing like flicks and stuff. <laughs> anyway, I was like, right, it'll be an easy trophy for me. I'll be Man City, and then they'll be Leighton Orient. <laughs> so I'll absolutely smash him. Anyway, I play it, get to half time, I'm 2 0 down to Leighton Orient. Say, I can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then I get the idea to, like, right, I can't let this happen. I've wasted minutes of my life. I'll use the sliders. And so I turn their speed right down, turn mine up, shot accuracy to maximum. I end up winning 3 2 with an 80th minute goal. And um, this is the kicker. Didn't even get the trophy because I used the sliders. Serves <laughs> <laughs> so. So, so out of what? Ego, no one to lose to Lane or. No, I wanted the trophy. That's what I'm, that's what I needed. I needed to win the game. So anyway, I'll um try that again at some point and see. But yeah, that that was that was quite funny. So I've I've been doing like I've, I I had one to like buy something in the Volta shop. Um, so I did that and a few of the other um trophies. So I'm gonna try and get that done. But um anyway, yeah, I'll move on to new games. So. This is one that you'll like, Mark. Um, so I quite recently bought the Untitled Goose Game hey. by House House. And uh, last weekend, decided to actually crack it out and give it a go. And I had a quacking time with it. I know That's a duck. Ge- geese don't right. quack, but I thought <laughs> I'd try and get some sort of pun in there. Yeah. Yeah. I had a honking time. So, Untitled Goose Game, you're basically a goose that hates people. Yep. And you have to inconvenience them in any way you possibly can, and it's fantastic. So, as you go through um, the game, there's, there's five main levels, I'd say. So, you start out in a garden, and um, you're trying to inconvenience this um, groundskeeper which is fantastic. So you'll go and like turn the, splink, the sprinkler on, get him wet, and um, try and lure him into the pond to come after you once you've stolen his um, apple or something. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. So eventually he'll start trying to put like um, a no geese sign, and he'll, he'll try and get into hammer his hand, and that's something there. Um, now, I did get to that bit playing single player, and then I struggled with getting him to wear the sun hat. So I stopped playing at that point, and then me and Lisa decided to jump on and play two-player. It was it was fantastic. We ran circles around him because you could be two geese then, because two two geese are better than one. Uh, so yeah, we we went through the game in one sitting. I think it took us about an hour and a half to hours. It's not very long. I say I do like it when you do the two-player and it says Untitled Geese Game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I, sc- I screenshot that as well. That was great. Love it. Oh, yeah, and there's a dedicated honk button as well, so that's yes. square. So on PlayStation, you can honk to your heart's content. So, um, so yeah, so you start at the garden, and then you proceed from there and go to the high street. And there's this particular bit on the high street. Well, there's two bits that I like, actually, my favourite bits. The is first one is, yeah, <laughs> you've got to scare this kid into the phone box. That's absolutely fantastic. Love that. Also, you get to bully the kid even more by untying his shoelaces, taking his glasses away and making him wear somebody else's glasses 
that, that, love that as well. And then just to add insult to injury, you steal his toy plane and get him to buy it back from a shop. Yeah. Just absolute mayhem. So that that was good. Um, and then after that, you um, go to these like two neighbours' ha- houses and you've got to do stuff like steal clothes from um, the washing line and like throw it into this um, this pond and steal this guy's slippers, and make him spit his tea out, and um, you can you can actually make the neighbours argue. Um, so that that was quite funny trying to trying to make that happen. And then once you've finished at the neighbours' houses causing mayhem, you then go to a pub. Pub. Yeah. Um, so that that was quite an interesting one. Um, there's, there's this particular thing you've got to do with a dartboard. I can't remember. It's this guy. Yeah. Um, you got to. Oh, I think it's like you've got to make him break the dartboard. So just about, just as he's about to take his shot, you could honk, scare him, and then it break, breaks the dartboard. And um, there's another bit where there's these two people having lunch, and you've got to like sing to them. So you're just there like honking, and they're clapping for you, and eventually they'll give you the, a flower because you've done such a great job. Yeah. And um, basically just giving all the bar staff the runaround, which is good. One thing I did actually enjoy is just just before you get into the pub section is you've got to hide in a box. So it reminded me a bit stray. And um, you're just there like honking and stuff with the box. I'm Metal Gear as well. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that that was good. And then um, the last level is kind of like a mini village that you have to go around. That's a replica of the village that you've just cause mayhem through and you've got to try and um, get this bell and then once you've got the bell you've got to traverse through all the different levels that you've just done while people try to look for you because they don't want you to say the spell and then when you get to the end you find that you've done this many times before and that's why the people within the village hate you because you just steal all the bells from them yeah. don't know why they need so many but they had about 20 of them but honestly it's absolutely fantastic. Like in isolation, it's a lovely little game. Um, really funny. Um, great British humour. It's. That's, that's yeah, the, I just, I just love the, the unmistakable Britishness of it. Yeah. <laughs> just going around this quaint British village, just causing absolute havoc. <laughs> to everyone. That's it. Well, I it's think fantastic. That, I think House House actually an Australian company. I think. I think that's. Oh, they. Aust- oh, right. So. But yeah, it's the game itself. It's just Britain, Britain, British village life to a T. Yeah. One thing I do like as well is you get a map of the village as well. Oh, nice. Uh, with the game. So love love getting maps. So that's the village. And you also get a hey, no goose sticker. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah. So just a second. I've just dropped the disc on the floor. Oh. I know. Oh no. He's dropped his download code. Oh no. <laughs> B, download code. You're having a laugh, aren't you? Everything's turned to a download code now, just. And then the other game that I've been playing. Excuse me. Is a game that I've been looking forward to for a very long time. It is Hogwarts Legacy. Ooh. Now. There's a few things I was able to do before to save myself a bit of time on this game. 
because if you're part of the Harry Potter fan club, like I am, um, you look, you can already pick your house. So when you join the Harry Potter fan club, you can do like this quiz and it'll pick the right house for you. So you don't have to do it through the game. So and you can link the accounts. So when you link the accounts, you get like a robe, um, a hat and a few other bits and bobs for linking your accounts together. So you can link your Warner Brothers account and your Harry Potter fan club account. So I did that. And once that's done, you get th thrust into the game and you firstly, you um, make a character. So you can choose whether you want to be um, male or female, what kind of voice you like. Um, all the normal stuff, you can choose like your hair colour, eye colour. Um, basically, just um, make whatever character you want. And then you get thrust into the game. Now, you go into the game as a fifth year, joining Hogwarts, which is quite rare. Because normally, as we've seen watching the films, you join as a first year and it's a linear path. And then eventually you do your owls and you graduate and you become a wizard or witch in the wizarding world and you go and do a job. So I'm there on my way to Hogwarts and we get attacked by a dragon. Shocking. And um, basically, as you're being attacked, you you get this port key that you grab onto and it teleports you. And you've basically then got to find a, a way to Gringotts, which is kind of like the bank, in order to find out what this key's for. And it basically just evolves from there. And it's like it teaches you all the mechanics, so movement, doing some spells. And eventually, once you've done all that, you get to Hogwarts and then you get your house picked. Um, but just about the, the visual aspects of the game, it is a beautiful game. It does look really nice. It's a nice world to be in. Um, because it's set in the 19th century, so it's a bit older in terms of the Harry Potter games that we've played previously. But there are some names that you'll recognise. So there's like um, Professor Weasley, um, which is a descendant of Ron, who we know in the, the main film series. And there's like a few other names um, like Black. Um, like Sirius Black's one of his descendants is there as well. He's actually the headmaster for the school. Is he voiced and, by uh, Simon Peck? I think so. I, think it is, yeah. I thought I recognised yeah, I think I heard yeah. Simon Peck voice the character. Mm. <clears throat> I think it is him. Yeah. Um, and then when you get to Hogwarts, basically you've got to then sort into your house. The hat will give you a bit of um, spiel about what house you've picked and if it's the right house for you, if you've got it like pre-done, if not, it will take you through like some questions that it asks you just to try and see where you fit into the house structure. But I don't think it'll come to, as a surprise to anybody that I got Slytherin. So. I always saw yeah. you as a Hufflepuff now. Really? Oh. Yeah. I'm going to bully the Hufflepuff, so yeah. We'll see about that. Um, but yeah, I got. I, um, I just, I just don't want to be Gryffindor. Anyone? Don't want to be Gryffindor. Oh, what's wrong with Gryffindor? Boring. Boring. You'll be like the, you're like the reverse of Harry Potter, Mark. He's like not Slytherin. You're like not Gryffindor. Um, really but yeah. Well, funnily enough, you say that Ravenclaw <clears throat> has got the le the least content of any house. 
that you play. What? How yeah. do you mean? So the le- least side missions and stuff to do. So yeah, there's that. Um, so after I got sorted into my house, I went into the dorm area. So I've like had a walk around, interacted with a few of my classmates, and um, I've tried to dig a bit deeper with one of them because apparently he's got this book with some spells in that um, not part of the curriculum. So um, uh-huh. yeah, I'm trying to we- weasel my way in there like a Slytherin would, slither my way in. So um, yeah, I've and uh, now I've got. Um, Professor uh, Weasley's showing me around the castle, how I can like teleport, and that's where I am. I'm I'm only about forty minutes into it right now because once I did like the prologue, it came up with a splash screen saying literally you can either go to the main menu or wait however long for the download to complete, because when the game installs you only get the prologue bit. So um, that finished downloading about half an hour before this podcast, and then. I used the rest of my time to play as much as I could. So, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far, and it's um, it's living up to the hype. I just can't wait to learn the killing curse and start messing stuff up. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll get there. What's the um, what's the combat like? I've n- not really had to fight anything yet. I fought these like giant suits of armor. It's quite good. I've only got one offensive spell so far, so it's like this like little red wisp that you like throw. But basically, you kind of lock onto a target and you attack that until you move to another one. So there's not too much in terms of like exact aiming that you can you need to do. At yeah. least right now, anyway, for the spells that I know, it might be that as I get more powerful spells, I'll need. I'll need to be able to aim like at the head or legs or something to use them. But mm. right now it's simple. It's just you you point towards the enemy you want to hit and it automatically goes in that direction. So, And then there's also off the back of the offensive side, there's like a shield you can put up to defend. And as something's coming towards you, you can hit triangle and automatically put the shield up and then you can do parries and things as well. So... Yeah, I've I've only got like a few spells, so there's not too much to my arsenal just yet, but but it's good. It it feels good to um, use my one to kill things. It's had pretty decent reviews, hasn't it? Yeah. Because I was I was a bit unsure about how what the quality of the game would be like, based off like the company's history. Mm. I think they've just done like random licensed games before as well. Yeah, I'm not quite well, sure. It's a single player. Well, I think yeah. they've well, done like ports of stuff as well. So it's like it's yeah. like the it's like the first first their first full fledged game that they've made. Yeah. So, I mean, from the looks of it, this this pretty good first go. Um, from what I've heard of the reviews, so definitely see a, a sequel in the future. Yeah, we'll see what they decide to do with it. But yeah, I can't wait to play more because I've seen a few um, like YouTube videos and TikToks and things about it, and uh, people seem to be enjoying it for the most part. So yeah, I came so close to buying it the other day. Was that like, I was hovering really? over it in the store, like oh should I buy it? Should I? And then I, I couldn't justify it. But I think yeah. I'm get I'll get it eventually. How much were it? 64. About 60 quid. 65. 
Blood and Egg. I oh, is this four. digital? Yeah. Oh. I paid 48 for it from Curry's on PS5. You got the, yeah, PS5. Because I was going to say, you pay on PlayStation to get a few extra things, don't you? Yeah, that's it. Is it you the get... Haunted Hogsmeade? How yeah. much is it? Something like that. You get, there's a thing. Yeah, Haunted Hogsmeade. The Haunted Hogsmeade Shop um, exclusive quest, so you get that. Hmm. And you also get the um, a few different... Um, you get, like, this little griffin thing and um, a potion recipe, so you get a couple of extra bits that you can use on your journey as well. So it's good. And also, um, for linking your account to your um, part of fan club, you get a wand, a hat, and then a few robes. Oh, so, nice. yeah, get some bits and bobs for that as well. But, um, yeah, just I just can't wait to dive into the world and just keep going through it. I'm looking forward to playing that. So far, I recommend it. Jolly good. Good for you guys. I won't be touching. That's fine. <laughs> for, for one obvious reason. <laughs> Actually, you know what? On PC, someone's already made... Uh, Arachnophobia mod. Mod. Really? That turns the spiders into, like, red boxes. <laughs> that's good. Like, yeah, that's perfect for me. I'll, I'll give it a go on PC. <laughs> well, there you go. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release by Willy Key on Tuesdays. You can also visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us at all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.